الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده الحمد لله وحده والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده أما بعد رجاء ابن وضاء relates that there was a young man who spent his life committing sin when he was on his deathbed his mother said to him ya bunayya hal tusi bi shay'in oh my son is there anything i can do for you would you like me to make your wasiya do you have a last wish he said to his mother do you see this ring on my finger when i die oh mother I want you to take this ring off of my finger because this ring contains the blessed name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, Ma, it would be disrespecting the blessed name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you buried me with this ring on my finger. Maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have mercy upon me. When this young individual died, he was seen in a dream and he said to the people akhbiru ummi anna al-kalimatu qad nafa'atni he said to the people tell my mother that the words that i uttered at the time of my death with regards to the ring and with regards to the respecting the blessed name of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that benefited me Allah forgave me for uttering those words. Sabit relates that there was another young man. He would spend his days and his nights committing sin. And every time he would sin, every time he would wrong, every time he would disobey Allah and his Rasul, his mother would give him nasiha. She would advise him. She would give him good advices. She would remind him of the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his blessed Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She would say, O oh my son, Inna lakal yawman fadhkur yawmak. O my son, one of these days you are going to die. One of these days you will meet your end. You will leave this world and you will stand before the greatest of all beings. And he will hold you for account for every breath, for every sin, for every wrong, for every disobedience. Oh my son, prepare for that day and remember that day. And every time she would give him this nasihat and reminder. But he would become deaf to the cries of his mother. And he spent his days committing sin after sin after sin. And guess what? When the angel came to take his soul, he was doing exactly that. And before he left this world, his mother fell upon him with tears flowing from her eyes. She said, Oh my son, did I not warn you about dying in this manner? Did I not tell you that one of these days you are going to die? One of these days you are going to meet your end. One of these days... 
you will stand before your Lord of the Arsh and Kursi and He will hold you accountable for every action, every sin, every act of disobedience. Did I not tell you to prepare for this day? He turned around to his mother and he said, Indeed. O Ma, indeed. You used to give me advice. You used to warn me about dying in this manner. O oh, my mother, let me tell you one thing. My Lord, my Allah, is that Allah Inna li rabbana kathir al-ma'roof My Allah is the all-loving, the all-forgiving, the all-embracing And I have hope in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of mine That Allah will not deprive me of a little bit of mercy This youngster died Sabit al-Bunani The narrator says Farahimahullahu bihusni zannihi Fi halihi he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him Because of one good thought This thought he had about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That Allah is all merciful All kind And today Allah will not deprive me Of just a little bit of his mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him Because of having one good thought About the Lord of the Arsh and Kursi the hadith of Bukhari comes to mind A man is walking on the street And he see and he saw a thorny branch So he thought that this might come And someone might get hurt It might trouble someone So he picked it up and he moved it Out of the way This deed of his Pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So much that Allah appreciated this one good deed, this one good amal that he did by forgiving him. The hadith of Abu Huraira, recorded by Imam Bukhari, rahmatullah in his sahih. Why did Allah forgive the zaniya, the adulterous woman that spent her life committing zina, committing sin, fornicating? Why on one occasion... She saw a dog dying of thirst, pitying this dog. This is a creation of Allah. She took off her shoe and then she took off her scarf. She tied her shoe to the scarf and lowered it inside of a well and drew some water. And she gave it to this dog Now this deed Of hers pleased Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So much that in spite of the fact That she would fornicate day and night And this was her pastime, her amusement Allah overlooked all those sins Just because she looked after a dog And helped a dog On one occasion Allah forgave her
the hadith recorded by Ibn Ibn in his Sahih there is a hermit and he has worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 60 years of his life and on one occasion a woman comes and she talks to him and they keep on talking to one another and before you know it they committed sin and then this hermit he continues to commit this sin for six nights then he regrets and he leaves he runs away he takes refuge in a place of worship he remains there for three nights he does not even receive a morsel to eat he has a man to his right sleeping and he has a man to his left sleeping after the third night he receives a piece of bread in spite of the fact that he has he is in need of this bread he hasn't eaten in three nights he takes this bread and he breaks it in two he gives half to the person on his right and he gives the other half to the person on his left now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends an angel to take his soul and he leaves this world accountability takes place 60 years of worship 60 years of obedience on one side 60 years of prostration on one side and 6 nights of sin those 6 nights of sin outweigh those 60 years of obedience and worship now 6 nights of sin are on one side and this one piece of bread is on the other which he gave at a time he himself was in need and he had not eaten in three days that one piece of bread outweighs the six nights of sin and Allah forgave him because of that one piece of bread Zubaydah was the wife of the king Harun Harun Rashid she was a very generous and a very pious woman uh, a philanthropist when she died she was seen in a dream and she was asked Oh Zubaydah you've met the lord of the Arsh and Kursi how did it go with the almighty Zubaydah said Allah forgave me she was asked if it was because of all of the good she did you were a very generous woman you used to donate a lot in the path of Allah you used to pay for wells to be dug so the hujjaj coming to Makkah al-Mukarramah could drink water from these wells she answered no that is not the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave me she said Allah forgave me for good intentions I had not the good deeds I did the intentions I had if Allah allows me I will do such and such good deed Allah forgave me because of those good intentions 
If this is the value of a good intention, if this is the value of giving one piece of bread in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if this is the value of uttering a few good words before death, before you leave this world, if this is the value of having one good thought, if this is the value of helping one dog, a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do you think is the value of this gathering in which you made a sacrifice and in which the name of Allah and His blessed Rasul sallallahu is being elevated by the second the hadith of Imam al-Bukhari rahmatullah narrated on the authority of Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to mind and he relates inna lillahi malaika yatufuna fi turuq yaltamisuna ahl al-dhikr there are angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And these angels travel from city to city, from town to town, from one area to another, and they look for the Ahl-Dhikr. They look for the people remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They look for people sending salutations on Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They look for people elevating the kalima. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah They look for people reciting the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَإِذَا وَجِدُوا قَوْمًا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ When they come across people remembering the Almighty When they come across people standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in prayer They call one another The people that you are looking for They are here then all the angels come and then these angels surround these gatherings right until the first heaven these angels today are in our vicinity and they were looking around walking and driving looking for and searching for the Ahl Zikr and you know what one of them were passing through the street and he could see people heading towards this gathering he came and he saw all these people, so he called his boys. He said, hey boys, hey guys, the people you're looking for, they are sitting right here. They're sitting and listening to the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his blessed Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As soon as this angel made this call, all of the angels came rushing to this gathering. Angels are here because my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said so and he could never be wrong. These angels are surrounding you with their wings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But He still asks. ibadi. He asks the angels, what are my servants saying? The malaika, the angels respond by saying, Yusabbihunak wa yukabbirunak. Oh Allah, they are glorifying you. Oh Allah, they are praising you. Oh Allah, they are chanting and they are saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allah is the greatest. Allah is the greatest. Allah will then ask, Hal Rauni, have these people ever seen me? Angels will reply, La wallahi la ra. La wallahi ya rab, ma ra'oon. Oh Allah, they haven't seen you. 
The eyes cannot see Allah. Oh Allah, they haven't seen you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then asks, Tell me, if these people were to see me, even if it was for a second, what will become of them? What will become of them? The angels reply, Oh Allah, these people were to ever see you if it was for a second oh Allah they would glorify you even more oh Allah they would praise you even more oh Allah they would spend their every moment of their life every second every breath chanting and singing Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Allah is the greatest Allah is the greatest Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then asks Ma yas'aluni What have they come for? What are they asking? What do they want? The angels replied Oh Allah These guys they are not cheap يَسْأَلُونَكَ الْجَنَّةِ Oh Allah, they will settle for nothing less than the ultimate prize. Oh Allah, they ask for your Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the angels, Have these people ever seen Jannah? Bricks of gold? You will have a brick of gold? A brick of silver And these bricks of gold and silver Will have a mixture of musk Emeralds, rubies, diamonds This is how these bricks of gold and silver Will be joined together Have they ever seen these bricks? Have they ever seen the trees of Jannah? Every trunk is made out of gold Have they seen the clustered plantations? Have they seen the vineyards? Have they seen the pomegranate trees? Have they seen the mango trees? Have they seen the apples? Have they seen the pears? Have they seen the guavas? Have they seen the shade long and extended? So long, so long that if you were to ride a horse for a hundred years, even then you will not be able to get out of the shade of one of the trees of paradise. Have they seen the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Have they seen the rivers of paradise? Rivers of pure water? Not like the water in this dunya that's polluted. Have they seen the rivers of milk? Have they seen the rivers of wine? In which they will dip and dive in and drink until their heart is content. Have they seen these blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Have they seen the robes of silk with golden embroidery? Have they seen the crown that will be on their head? So beautiful are these crowns that the lowest of these diamonds will brighten everything from the east to the west. Have they seen the hurs of Jannah? Women so beautiful that if they were to spit into the salty water, then the salty water of the oceans would become sweeter than honey. Have they seen these hurs so beautiful that if these hurs were to reveal... Just the tip of their fingers It would brighten and illuminate everything Angels will reply, O oh Allah 
No, they have not seen Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask, What if they were to see Jannah? Just one blessing of Jannah. The, angel will, the angels will reply, Oh Allah, if these people were to see Jannah, even if it were for one second, they would spend their entire life desiring Jannah, wanting Jannah, begging for Jannah. Oh Allah, they will not raise their heads from prostration, begging and asking, begging and asking and pleading until you actually give and grant them Jannah. Final question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Asked the angels What are they asking protection from? What are they seeking refuge from? The angels respond They are asking refuge and protection From Jahannam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Have they seen the torture and punishment of hell? Have they seen the fire of Jahannam, which is 99 times more hotter than the hottest fire found in the dunya, which has become black due to its intense burning for thousands and thousands of years? Do they know every time their skin will burn, every time their flesh will burn, we will replace their flesh, we will replace their skin and continue this torture and punishment forever and ever. There is no end. That the tree of Zakum is the food of the Jahannamis. When they eat this, it will boil and bubble like boiling water in a kettle. They will have to wash this down with boiling water. Such boiling water that it will melt everything from the mouth to the esophagus to the stomach to the small intestine to the large intestine to the anus. Do they know of the snakes and scorpions and pus of Jahannam? Snakes so lethal is their poison that when they take their poison that they will have to drink. Before they drink it, it will be so intense that their faces will melt. Do they know of this? Have they seen Jahannam? The Malaika, the angels reply, Ma ra'uha. They have not seen Jahannam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then ask What would ever become of them If they ever seen Jahannam The Malaika reply If they were ever to see Jahannam They would run And run And run And keep on running Oh Allah They would run millions and millions of miles away. Oh Allah, they would spend their entire lives in prostration, seeking refuge, seeking your protection. Continuous begging until you would grant them protection. Allah will then say, I want you to bear witness today. All of those that are participating in this gathering, bear witness. I have forgiven every single one of them. Every single one of them is forgiven. And one of the angels will say, Hold on. Ya Allah, there is such and such person in this gathering that has not come with this intention. 
he had a fight with his wife and he got kicked out of his house. He had nowhere to go, so he ended up coming here. So blessed is that gathering and so blessed are those people that even that person will not be deprived of this blessing. He will also be forgiven. Turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter how big the sin is, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you could be the biggest drug dealer. But if, if you turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my Allah is so kareem, my Allah is so rahim that He will embrace you no matter what the sin is. The thing is whether you want to turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For those of you that do, all you got to do is knock on the door of repentance. It's so simple, irrespective of, irrespective of who you are or what you have done. I'm sure you have heard of the likes of Fulayl bin Ayaz, rahmatullah alayh. He earned himself the title Abidul Haramain, worshipper of the two harams. This man used to worship day and used to worship by night. He was a friend of the great Abdullah ibn Mubarak. Abdullah ibn Mubarak was the teacher of the great Imam al Bukhari and the student of the even greater Imam Abu Hanifa. So this is who Fulayl bin Ayaz was. He earned himself the title Abidul Haramain. But you know what? Before he became Abidul Haramain, this guy was notorious. This guy was notorious. Such was the street credibility of Fulayl bin Ayaz that if his name was dropped in a conversation, in a gathering of people, their the, fa- the color of their faces would change They would be terrified They would go pale Because Fuzail bin Ayaz was a gangster People used to fear Fuzail bin Ayaz so much that mothers Would mention his name to the children crying That if you don't stay quiet Fudayl bin Ayaz is going to come and he's going to snatch you away. Immediately these children would, became, would become quiet because of the fear of Fudayl bin Ayaz. This Fudayl bin Ayaz went from being notoriously feared to Abid al-Haramain. You had Malik you had Malik ibn Dinar Rahmatullah This man was so dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Dinar In Arabic It means gold coin And he received this name on a ship Sailing He had no money So the captain of the ship yeah, He came To Malik ibn Dinar And he asked for the fear Malik ibn Dinar Rahmatullah said I have nothing at the moment Captain said if you don't pay me I'm going to throw you overboard into the sea This man was so dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala When he was insulted in this manner There and then fishes came up to the surfaces And every fish 
had a gold coin in its mouth. Malik ibn Dinar took one gold coin. He paid for his fare. He jumped overboard. Walking on water, he disappeared. This is where he got the name Dinar from. See, the remarkable thing is, before Malik ibn Dinar was Malik ibn Dinar, he was always intoxicated. He was always buzzed. You had Bishr al-Hafi, Bishr Hafi, rahmatullahi, Bishr Hafi. I'm sure you heard of his name. He was the friend of the great Imam Ahmad bin Hamdul rahmatullahi, one of the four Imams. This man became so dear to Allah subhanahu wa taala that the word Hafi, Bishr Hafi, Hafi means barefooted. Whenever he would walk, he would walk bare feet. He was so dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the earth to swallow filth in the direction of where Bishr al-Hafi was walking. Allahu Akbar. This same Bishr al-Hafi, my friend, was no different. He too always was intoxicated, always drinking excessively. He narrates himself once he had too much to drink. And he says, I was walking on the street. I came across a piece of paper. He says, I bent down in this intoxicated state and picked up this piece of paper. He said it had the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala written on it. He says, I wiped the dirt off of it and I put it in my pocket. At the time, I only possessed two dirhams. I went to a perfume seller, perfume shop, and with those two dirhams, I bought the best perfume you can buy with two dirhams. And then I perfumed this piece of paper with the blessed name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala written on it. And then I went home and out of respect, I placed this piece of paper in the highest place in my house. He says, I went to sleep and thought nothing of it. It is that night I saw a dream. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was saying to me that O Bashir We will elevate your name in the dunya As well as the akhirah Just as you took care of my name with love Bishr Hafi says Tears began to flow from my eyes I couldn't stop crying That I'm a drunk During the day And during the night this is how I spent my entire life. But even then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is prepared to embrace. And Allah is prepared to elevate my name in the dunya and akhirah. This is where Bishr Hafi turned towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He became who he became. And you can open the books of history. You can find volumes and volumes, pages after pages written on these individuals. 
Bishar Hafi, Fudail bin Ibn Ayaz, and other great saints of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting for us to turn towards Him. Believe it or not, it's very, very simple. All you need to do is number one, refrain, regret, and reform. Simple. Refrain. Stop committing the sin, that act of sin, to ask for forgiveness. Let's say you're gambling and you're making tawbah from gambling. You want to repent from this act. Stop it. Stop gambling. If you're smoking weed, stop smoking. If you're taking drugs, stop taking drugs. If you have a habit of fornicating, stop fornicating. If you have a habit of backbiting, riba, stop backbiting, stop riba. Simple. How difficult is that? That is the first step. Second step is regret, remorse. You need to feel the guilt. Ponder upon what kind of servant of Allah am I? I eat the food He gives. I wear the clothes He provides. And I still wrong and disobey despite the fact that He has given me so many blessings that if I were to spend my entire life counting the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I would not be able to count them and still I live a life like this. There needs to be regret, remorse. You need to cry. To shed tears. Tears are something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Uqba bin Amir asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man naja, what does salvation lie in? He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned three things. And one of the one of those three things mentioned was If you have committed a sin, cry over the sin committed. Tears are something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves so much that whoever cries out of the fear of Allah before that tear touches the ground, Allah frees him from the fire of hell. One of the seven people that will be under the shade of the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day there will be no shade other than the shade of his arsh. One of those is all alone thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tears begin to flow from the eyes. So dear and valuable is that tear that will earn him a place under the shade of the arsh of Allah when that will be the only shade. Tears show weakness, abdiyat, the abdiyat and weakness surfaces, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this. Let me give you an example of regret and remorse. Allahu Akbar Kabira. There was a companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tha'laba ibn Abdurrahman. Sa'laba would serve Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One day Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent him for some work. 
and he passed by an Ansari home, an Ansari house. And Thalaba's eyes uh, fell upon a woman taking a bath. Now such was a regret that after this, that fear that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inform Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam of the sin that he has committed, Sa'laba ibn Abdurrahman, he ran away. He left Madinatul Munawwara and he came to some mountain between Makkatul Mukarrama and Madinatul Munawwara. And he remained absent from the gatherings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for 40 days. Meanwhile, Sayyidina Jibra'il alayhi salatu wasalam is sent. Allah sends Jibra'il. He conveys the salam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Ya Rasulullah, a man from your ummah is in these mountains seeking refuge and protection. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sends Umar ibn al-Khattab and Sayyidina Salman radiallahu ta'ala anhumah to search and look for Tha'laba. So, Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Salman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, they go in search for Tha'laba. They come across a shepherd called Zufafa. And they asked Zufafa the whereabouts of a young man hiding in the mountains. Called Thalaba. The shepherd. He says, maybe you're referring to one who is running away from the fire of hell. So they ask, how do you know he's running away from the fire of hell? He says, every night what happens is a young man comes out from the mountains with his hands on his head, crying and begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy. And these are the words that he, uh, he utters every night. Ya layta qabastahu ruhi fil arwah wa jasadi fil ajsad wa jasadi fil ajsad. Oh Allah, only if you were to take my soul amongst the soul of my body, amongst the body of my bodies, and do not leave till the day of judgment, every night he comes out crying. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who said indeed he is who we are looking for. Nightfall came and as uh, per routine Tha'laba radiallahu ta'ala who came out with his hands on his head and uttering the same words. As he came out Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who embraced him. Now the first question the first question after meeting Umar Akbar, Look at the regret You and I, we commit sin after sin And we, we commit so many sins that we don't even realize we're committing sin And then the next day we're back at it again And here the sin wasn't even committed with intent But look at the regret The first question 
after being absent for 40 days from the gatherings of Rasulullah he asks Sayyidina Umar anhu, tell me O Umar does Nabi Kareem know of the sin Sa'laba ibn Abdurrahman has committed Sayyidina Umar says Sa'laba I do not know all I know is that Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned you yesterday and he sent myself and Salman to look for you. Sa'laba made a request to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He said, Oh Umar, how can I face Rasulullah sallallahu having done what I have done? Take me when Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam is leading the prayer so I won't have to face him. They did. And they joined the prayer. Sa'laba also joined the prayer. And as soon as Sa'laba heard the recitation of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in prayer, his legs could carry him no more. He fainted and he collapsed. After the prayer, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked, Oh Umar and Salman, where is Sa'laba? They pointed, this is Sa'laba. He was on the ground unconscious. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam came around, shook him, and Sa'laba gained consciousness. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam asked, O Thalaba, why were you absent from my gatherings? He said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, how could I come to your gathering after having done what I have done? The Prophet said, O Thalaba, shall I not inform you of a verse which will wipe away your sins? He said, Indeed, Ya Rasulullah. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, Qul, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhab al-nar. Read this verse of the Quran. Thalaba said, My sin is far greater than this. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, No, Thalaba. Kalam Allahi a'zam. The words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are far bigger and far greater. Such was a regret. He falls ill. And he remains ill for eight days. It was eating him alive. He couldn't live with himself. On the eighth day he was on the verge of leaving this world. The sahaba come rushing into Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam's khidmah. Say, Ya Rasulullah, Sa'laba is dying. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, along with the Sahaba, or rush to Sa'laba's home. And on seeing Sa'laba's pitiful condition, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam takes the head of Sa'laba and he places it in his blessed lap. As soon as 
he وسلم, took the head of Thalaba and placed it in his blessed lap. Immediately Thalaba raised his head and moved it away from Rasulullah sallallahu lap. And again Nabi wasalam, asked, Oh Thalaba, why did you do this? Why did you move your head from my blessed lap? O Messenger of Allah, my head is full of sin. My head is not worthy <clears throat> of lying in your pure and blessed lap. This is why I moved it. Ya Rasulullah. So Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam asked, O Thalaba, tell me, what do you desire? O Thalaba, what is it that you want? He said, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's only one thing that I want And that is Maghfiratu Rabbi I want my Lord to forgive me That's all I want There's nothing I want in the dunya Other than this That the sin I have committed The wrong I have done Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purifies me Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives me And when he said this Allahu Akbar Kabira Jibra'il Amin Alayhi salatu wasalam Came from the heavens and he informed Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Allah is saying that if his if this servant of mine, Thalaba, never mind one sin that he has committed, such is Thalaba that if you were to meet me with an earth full of sin, then I the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would meet Thalaba with an earth filled with forgiveness. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave Thalaba glad tidings. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. As soon as Thalaba hears this, one sigh, one scream, and Thalaba has left this world. Nabi alayhi salam orders the Sahaba to prepare for his janazah. Preparations are made for his janazah. On that day, the Sahaba see something different, something they've never seen before. They see Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam tiptoeing. And they have never seen Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam do this before. After the burial the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, we saw you tiptoeing today. Why were you tiptoeing? Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, I swear by the one who has sent me with the truth, with haq, I was unable to place my feet on the ground due to the sheer large number of malaika, angels, that had descended from the heavens to offer the janazah of Thalaba and escort Thalaba to his grave. That's how many angels had descended. This is what you call regret. This is what you call remorse. This is what you call nadamat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to repent sincerely. Wa akhiru da'wana. أن الحمد لله رب العالمين